Welcome to the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast, your weekly dose of accounting and tax tips specific to small business owners. You will be on your way to growing your business and paying the least amount in taxes as legally possible. Here's your host, Mike Jezoshek, CPA. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we are finalizing our series with Brandon White, where we talk about back of the napkin to business plan in 11 slides. And if you have missed any of our previous episodes, this is episode four in this mini series that we're doing. But if you missed any of the previous episodes, check them out. We talked about slides one through eight. And today we're talking about slides nine, 10, 11. Slide one was title and elevator pitch. Then we talked about the problem, then solution, market opportunities, your go-to-market plan, traction and milestones, competition and financials. And today we're finalizing that whole business plan idea with team funding needs in summary. And so again, I want to reiterate, if you missed some of the first episodes, check them out. But the whole concept of this back of the napkin to business plan 11 slides, is this idea that a business plan doesn't have to be 50 pages long. A business plan doesn't have to be this big, robust beast that takes so long to create. This is something that can be done on the back of a napkin and be built into a business plan. So Brandon, thanks again for coming on another episode with us and, and taking us through this journey. It's been a lot of fun kind of going through this. And again, I hope my hope is that the listeners are listening to this and saying, this is possible. This is something that I can do, whether you're established or just beginning. This is something you can do for your business now and today. and something that you can do from a flight from San Francisco to New York. That's how quick we can whip this up. So Brandon, just thanks for taking us along this journey with you. Yeah, well, thank you for having Mike. It's been fun so far. And that's exactly why I wrote this book was that it doesn't have to be that complicated. And Oh, anyone can get their idea down into a business plan format and have something within just a, a few hours. If if it takes longer than that, then you either haven't thought it through or maybe it's just too complicated. And sometimes that says something just unto itself. But the idea was to break this down 11 slides, create formulas that I've used for two decades that have worked. And this isn't just me in some academic exercise. I've had 1,500 students and I've had, I said, 20 plus companies, two of them had exits. And I've raised money from, with these business plans from angel investors, venture capitalists, Sandhill PCs on Sandhill Road here in Silicon Valley. So it can happen. And some really big companies that we all know about have raised and built their business on this number, give or take one or two slides, including Airbnb and others. It's, it doesn't have to be that long crazy, intimidating thing. So that's sort of how we got here. As Mike said, listen to the earlier episodes. Today, we're going to talk about team funding and summary. I'll jump right into the team side. Yeah, let's do it. Where we've come, as Mike's summarized, is through a real story. And we've set everything up with the problem, the solution. We've talked about the competition. We've talked about our go-to-market. We've talked about our financials of what it looks like. And now we're talking about who the heck is going to actually execute on this thing and are they how they're qualified? So that's really what we're figuring out is who's your team today? And as importantly, who do you need on your team over the next 12 to 18 months to hit your milestones, which was a previous slide? And that's what we're doing. I think it's really no more complicated than that. The thing that I will say is that you should think about your core team, meaning people who are full-time, FTs, 
then you should think of your board of directors. Do you have a board? Do you want a board? Who do you want? If you do have one a board and you don't have one, who do you want on that board? What skills do they need? What do they need to bring? A lot of times entrepreneurs and business owners think that you report to the board over two decades and a lot of scars that you can't see on my back right now. I've learned that you actually want the board members to work for you. You don't want to just report to them. You actually then want them working for the company and you are likely going to give them some form of compensation, likely in equity and or in some cases, actual pay. So if you're going to give them that, don't go there to report. Go report to your mom if you want. On that case, bring people who you who are going to help you and work for the company. So figure out who those are. Advisors, who do you want? Advisors, a lot of people talk about, most people don't use well. But if you want advisors, who are they? What skills are you looking for? What things do you need to accomplish in your business from that milestone slide that we went, uh, and traction slide that we went over previous in a previous episode? Who do you need to execute that and who can you get? And then maybe ambassadors, you know, influencers, air quotes for people who aren't watching. Those are part of your team. Yes, they're part of your marketing plan, but they are part of your team. So those are the the categories, if you will, that you want to look for in building out your team slide. And Mike, if it's okay with you, I, I came up with, it took me a while, a uh, few decades to come up with 12 traits I look for in a team member. And you could use this, you can copy this, do whatever you want with it for hiring. I even look for it in early days in a co-founder or in a business partner that you may bring in. If you're a vet practice, for instance, I have a friend whose wife's a vet and she's bringing in a new partner. And you've got to come up with some sort of screening process, you know, just to come up with how you feel that that's a good thing to be in touch with, but not always the best thing to make an evaluation about. Yeah, I love that. Please share that list. And it's funny because I was actually just reading this as part of your content this last week. So it's it's fresh in my mind and I think it was very helpful. So I would love to hear that. But yeah, so we'll run through just real quick for listeners here. Number one is self-teaching and problem solving. So the problem, the, the people, they need to be a self-starter. Number two, introspection, self-reflection and judgment. They need to be honest with themselves. It's really hard to do that sometimes, but you've got to have people who are willing to be able to say, hey man, I, I didn't do, I either did that well and here's why I did it, and it but I'm going to give credit to the team. Or I didn't do that well. Here's why I didn't do it well. And here's how I'm going to correct that. And do that without someone having to tell them that. Number three, bias towards action. It's better to make a decision than none at all. I've always found that even if it's a mistake, we've got to keep moving forward. Subordinate to the mission and goal, meaning they will speak up when they don't agree, which we'll talk about in a second. But when the team or the leader which maybe you, decides in the decision, they fall in line and go along with it. And they don't have a I told you so attitude because tagging that attitude along will spoil your team really quickly. Number five is comfortable with ambiguity. You got to be able to work in situations where there's not always a spelled out answer. Even if you're in an industry or you have people working for you or you're hiring that person that's going to have a call script in a service center or something, there will be times when a curveball comes and they need to be able to deal with that, in my opinion. Number six, honesty. That's honesty with themselves 
and others builds on the previous one. Tenacity. There's going to be times when you, people want to give up. There are always going to be hard times. You could be having a hard time. This, people have hard times in their personal life and it affects their work life. They could be having a hard time at work because they're struggling with something and or vice versa, however it works, but they've got to be willing to push through that. They've got to have some risk tolerance. And the way that I sum that up is actually on, a, I think, a sign behind us here, which is just be brave. You're likely going to be scared in some situations and people who work on your team, but they got to be brave enough to actually move forward and make a decision. Number 10, willing to challenge authority. I could sell ice to Eskimos, I think. And I have a ten- tendency in my life to be a big personality or to hammer down my points. And I want people who will push back on that no matter what. If they do not push back, then we are not getting fresh ideas. Ultimately, I'll just sum it up. We become a self-licking ice cream cone, as my good friend John Kuhn would say. And that is a disaster. So they got to be willing to disagree. But again, on a previous one we talked about, when the team decides to go in a direction, everybody falls in line. Number 11, respect for others. Basically, you just need to respect everybody of a human. If you have to explain that any further than that, then I would say they fail and you should not hire them or not bring them on the team. And then well, number 12, I recently added, which is we'll ask for help when they need it because I felt like the earlier one where they would be self-starter and self and teach themselves could get into a circular reference when and they never get to a place. There are times in life when you need to ask for help and asking for help is hard. It's one of the human things that is it's just a human thing for whatever reason it's really hard to ask for help because for some reason the culture has our culture has said well you're failing you're not failing if you need help you just don't need it you've gotten to a point where you can't get any further and they need to ask help because if they don't ask for help they will spin in your business and you will eventually get to that that will hurt your business and you may get to a point where you can't keep up. So those are the 12 things. We can list those in the show notes or in the blog post and and maybe even put them on a separate PDF if that's helpful for people. Yeah, I love that. And that that's such a key part of the whole team idea. So Brandon, thanks for thanks for running through that. And that's that's an important slide. And we had a someone uh come on the podcast a couple months back and he talked about business exit planning. And one of the ideas behind there is to make your business more valuable, be an absentee owner. And what does that mean? It just means that you, the business can run without you. That makes your business valuable. And I think in a startup phase, that's a hard concept to understand. But this is the whole team idea. You know, if you get hit with a bus tomorrow, what happens to your business? That team's going to be that one that, that lifts that business up. And not only does it make your business more valuable by having a strong team that can run that business, it helps make your life easier. And I think that for struggling entrepreneurs that are just getting started or been established a while and just cannot get over the hurdle. The problem is delegation. You're afraid to give up control. This is where that team thing comes into such a big play. You can't do everything forever for your business. That team thing is so important. I think that I'd say one last thing on that, Mike, I interrupted you only because we as business owners, being honest with ourselves, probably like the attention. And when we delegate, there's this emptiness that can happen. And I've experienced where it's like, well, I'm not important. Well, it's not that you're not important. It has nothing to do with that. And, and, and these are the things that, that you as a business owner have to come to terms with. And if we're really being honest about one, with this, about one another or with all of us, that's an insecurity. 
that probably goes back, which we don't have time in this episode to go back through some sort of past issues that you want to resolve. So your business will never scale if it relies on you. Yeah, so true. So that was slide nine, and we have two slides left. Funding needs slide 10 and summary slide 11. Well, I'm going to cut to the punchline on funding because once you did your financials, you know exactly how much funding you need. And that is what this slide is. It's how much money do you need to get to to accomplish those milestones, which all built on one, all these slides built on one another as we went through. They hit the spreadsheet in financials and it told us whether we needed money to grow. I remember, for instance, I had a government contracting company and we did software engineering in the Department of Defense at Special Operations, and we were going to hire 25 people. And that sounds awesome. And it was a great contract. But when we ran the financials, we realized that we needed a million dollars. We needed a million dollars up front to float those people. Because one, we weren't going to get paid until the people came on board and were trained. And two is you have to pay them before they can get started. My point in saying this story is, is that if you don't run those financials and you're like, hey, I call you up. Hey, Mike, and you're doing our accounting, what you do, some of our accounting, we got, we got this huge contract. We've got 25 people like we're going to kill it this year. And then you hire the people. And then the next week I call, hey, Mike, I got no money. I can't pay these people. Well, yeah, because you didn't plan and you've got to plan. That's just a little story to say you've got to figure out in that financial slide, what your funding needs are. And the truth is, is you're just going over it in this slide and you're figuring out where you're going to get that money. Yeah. And I think that's key to you. You know, it's not always going to be a venture capitalist. It's not always going to be an investor. Sometimes it's going to be you as the owner. You're the one that's funding this company in the initial part. And it's important for you as the owner to know what that looks like. You know, if you go to build a house, you go to remodel something, you don't just go in saying, hey, there's an empty amount we're going to spend here. We have no clue what's going to be. We're just going to figure it out at the end. It's like, no, we want to have a plan. What's our budget for this? Might be higher, might be slightly lower, but at least we have a ballpark range that we're attacking. Yeah. And I mean, we could get, we could spend an hour on that, on, on yeah. funding and how to do it, but it's really, what are your funding needs and where are you going to get the money? Cool. So let's wrap up this whole thing with the final slide, the summary slide. And the summary slide, this slide ironically took me about 15 years to come up with. And it's this simple. It's just a summary of all of the slides that we've gone through with two or three words on each one, which is effectively your executive summary. And here's why it took me so long to come up with it. Most people, what we did is we built a business plan over these 11 slides in four episodes. We did four episodes. This is our fourth, right? fourth episode. And we built the business plan, but this is also a presentation. This is a presentation that you use for your team for the next year. This is to recruit people. This is can be a sales presentation. It can be a presentation to raise money. And on that last slide, what most people would do, and this is from my perspective as an entrepreneur and having been a VC and I am an angel investor, is they put a duplicate of the first slide, which is your company name, your logo, and a contact. But what you really want up there at the end is a summary of the main bullet points of what you just went over 
so that you have quick talking points and so that you can remember what happened in the other slides. The goal here is to get everything on one slide, ideally in 32-point font. That'll be hard. But what I'm really emphasizing here is got to make this so simple because people only understand simple things. I'm not saying they can't understand complicated things, but if you think about the presentation that we just did, 11 slides, you and I, Mike, have had, you know, struggled just getting these episodes down under 20 minutes. You can imagine your enthusiastic business owner you can spend five minutes on a slide. Well, if you spend five minutes on each one of these slides, you're at 55 minutes right now. There's no room for discussion. You've got to get these things down so simple. And that last slide is as simple as the main points of your business in two or three words that reminds you and reminds the person who is receiving the business plan on what your business is about. I love that. And I think that that is such a good bookend. And, and just to kind of take on some of that same advice that you just gave, let's do a summary of what we talked about today. Let, let's do that summary slide for this entire series that we've done. And again, the series is back of the napkin to business plan in 11 slides. And so we're going through 11 slides to get there. Slide one, and I'm just going to kind of name off the slides, Brandon, if you just want to give those two to three words of what we're talking about there. Slide one is title and elevator pitch. The elevator pitch in less than 15 seconds. Slide two, problem. What problem do you solve? Slide three, solution. What is your solution and what are one to three benefits? Slide four, market opportunities. What exactly is your addressable market? Slide five, go to market plan. How are you going to sell into that market? Slide six, traction and milestones. What are your goals? Slide seven, competition. Who are they and where are they? Slide eight, financials. How are we going to make money? Slide nine, team. Who's going to execute on this plan to make money? Slide 10, funding needs. How much money and where are we going to get it? And slide 11, summary. Here's our business. Love it. So if you have missed any episodes, definitely go back and check that out. Again, we touched on every single part of every one of these 11 slides in more detail. If you want more information, we have a blog post that goes along with these episodes. Within there, we have links to Brandon's content, some things that you can grab from Brandon, some worksheets and things like that, which he was so gracious to give to our listeners. And Brandon, I just want to say this, this journey has been fun. I, I really think that this is an eye-opener. I can't wait to be able to read your book and, and really just kind of dig into these more. And I honestly think it's going to be a tool that we talk with with most of our new clients and new business owners that reach say, hey, if you have a business plan and it's over 11 slides or it's 50 pages long, let's revisit that. Let's get it down to this piece. If you don't have a business plan, you've been in business for one month or 10 years, let's build one out right now and let's get this done from a flight from San Francisco to New York or vice versa. And so I just love this content, love what you're doing. And I just appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you? Where can people find what you're doing? Where can people find your book and, and find more information? Well, Mike, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. It, it's been fun and it's been a good test to see how, how well I actually know this material after spending <laughs> the last two decades and eight months writing this book. The 
Best place to find me is on my personal website, brandoncwhite.com, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-C is in Charlie White, W-H-I-T-E.com. And Mike, really, thanks again. I'm really grateful for you having me on and allowing me to do four episodes with you on your show. Yeah. And so listeners, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, for joining us on this journey. And as I've talked about previously, let's take this information and implement. Learning it, understanding being like, oh yeah, that's easy. But then going back to the grind and never revisiting it does you absolutely zero good. So as with all the tax strategies and everything else we talk about on the podcast, implementation is the most important and biggest part to actually see something from what you're learning. So take some time, put some time in your calendar, whether it's next week, the week after, block out some time to implement what we talked about here today. And again, if you want more information to dig into any of this deeper, check out our blog post where we have all of the content and dig bigger pieces. So Thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you guys next week. This has been another episode of the Small Business Tax Savings Podcast. If you enjoy our weekly episodes, please leave a review and share with other business owners. You can find previous episodes and more information at www.taxsavingspodcast.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.